Welcome to Champions Forum, hosted by Ed Milet. Welcome to the Ed Milet Show, and my guest today is a 10-year NFL veteran, one of the best defensive backs in the NFL for many, many years. He dominated on the defensive side of the football, but probably more impressive for me is his contribution he's made off the field since 19 uh, or 2007 when he retired, and so this man is an incredible communicator. He's a giver. He's, com he's committed to giving to his community and uh, to his fellow man. He's a gifted, talented, good man. And I've got to know him over the last couple months, and um, I consider him a friend. This man is hosting a new show on the Cardone Network called Road to Sunday Glory. He's one of the top trainers and motivational speakers for companies and teams in the country. I'm proud to call him my friend, and I'm excited about today's conversation, so I want to welcome the great Donovan Darius to the program today. Donovan, thank you for being here with me. Thank you for having me. Uh, thank you, man. I, I too, I second uh, what you said, man. I call you friend. Uh, you you seem to be and have been driven to inspire and motivate people, and so I always say you can determine your destination by your association and so it's great to be in great company with you sir yeah well i'm i'm real excited about this because i think people want to know a little bit about and thank you by the way i think people want to know a little bit about football but i'm i'm interested in you because you know when i met, i shook your hand i met you and I, you know i meet a lot of athletes and you're different and um there's a there's a gen, just a genuine goodness that you sense about you right when you meet you your obvious giftedness of your athleticism, you're good looking dude, you're very fit, but immediately you start to notice the more important things about you. And I knew that right when I met you, I shook your hand, I, I'm going to like this man. And then as I've listened to you more and more, I thought to myself, this is such a good man and I want to get his word out to people. And so I, I mean that Donovan. And so I want to learn where all this comes from because. Well, I, pre I appreciate that, man. And, and Ed, I say the same thing about you. And so everyone wants to know where does it start? I yeah. Mean, what got you? What got you to do the motivation? I think at the end of the day, I believe that we are all born with potential, but it's only through us walking it out through experiences, discovering, really doing, you know, soul searching, hmm. will we be able to identify what are those things that I'm truly gifted at, or and or what is my purpose? Why am I here? Hmm. I mean, you hear countless number of people always. You hear about the word purpose, but. At its core, it is the reason why I believe that we were all created and we're here fully loaded. Mm. We're fully loaded, and it's up to us to pour it out. Mm. You know, we were born, we were born full, and we want to die empty. And that just means that I just want to pour out my life and give to so many so that at the end of the day, I know I, I have nothing left to give. And so the source of it all for me a lot goes back to me growing up in Camden, New Jersey. I grew up one of five kids. Uh, my mom, you know, we lived in very humble beginnings. Matter of fact, it's a couple of statistics. You know, Camden was rated when I grew up the number three worst dangerous city to live in. Wow. And it would also had it was a ranking where it says 80% of the people live below the poverty line. Wow. It said they said three out of five people would, would experience some type of personal theft. And there was a 30% chance that somebody would experience a violent crime in their life. And so for me, every day I walked out the house, Ed, to the left and to the right, I saw gangs on one side, I saw drug deals on the other side. And there wasn't anything around me that showed me that I can become anything. Mm -hmm. But what I did is I had a mom 
and I had a family and a support system that basically told me, and I'll never forget, beyond the sacrifice of my mom, there was a counselor that I went to, and I said his name was Mr. Thomas, and I said, Mr. Thomas, I am tired of every time I turn around, my mom is working her behind off two jobs. It's five of us. I come home. I check the electric switch to see if we have electricity. I open up the refrigerator. Sometimes there's nothing in there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Our cars barely worked at times. And I said, you know, I want to do something different. I want to make a difference. I want to change things. I'm only, I'm only 15 years old. What wow. can I do? You're saying this at 15 and years I, old? Yes, at 15 years old because I, I knew – because when you're in that situation, you don't really know that you're poor. Mm-hmm. You don't really know your book, but you knew, what you do know is that you want better. Yeah. You do know that you want to bring about hope. You do know that you want to give something more than what you can to make things different. Because when you look at your mom, when you see your mom crying because she's barely making ends meet and she got five kids to feed, then there's something in you that should come alive. Mm-hmm. So when I went to this counselor and I said, Mr. Thomas, um, I told him everything that was going on. My life changed after he said this to me. He said, Donovan, I know you're a kid from Canada, and I know what they say about you and everybody around you, but if you put your mind to this, to something, if you really believe that and you go after it with everything you have, nothing and no one can stop you. <laughs> you know, my life changed after that moment, after, yeah. after that moment and after he said that. Because I was ready. I told my mom the night before, I said, Mom, I'm not going to play football anymore because really? I want to get a job and I want to help you. And she said, Donovan, no, you go ahead and you go play because I think God's going to, God's going to work it out. Wow. The next day I had that conversation with Mr. Thomas and, you know, and the rest of, you know, the rest of my journey, you know, it continued from there, but it, it started there. Wow. Yeah. And the, the journey, the journey's crazy though. I mean, you have to admit, did you, yeah. I'm going to go back to even littler Donovan just for a second. Cause I know a little bit about this, but I want people to hear this. So this mm-hmm. man, just so y'all know, I mean, uh, I'm a huge NFL fan, so I knew who Donovan was when I met him, right? But some of you may not know all this. He's great a player as he was. But this man was a first-round draft pick of the Jaguars. Uh, this is a guy who played 10 years in the NFL. This guy was the Big East Defensive Player of the Year in college. I mean, this this dude was the real deal. You want to see some hits, by the way. You go on YouTube and find this hit of this. Go Google Donovan Darius Jerome Bettis and watch that hit. You'll you'll know who this man is. But so he sounds like a sweetie pie here. But believe me, on the football field, this is a man you did not want to see coming at you. But having said that, did you grow up playing football? You're obviously a great athlete, but did you grow up playing football? Did you always know it was going to be playing football, or was there another journey to get you to football? Yeah, you know what's interesting, Ed? I thought that I would be a track star, man. I saw myself in the Olympics, and the reason why was because, and I tell this story all the time, you know, growing up, we used to take those bricks from the old buildings that was broken down, and we would draw lanes on the street. And that was our that was our track team right there. That was our track meet. So we used to race and race and race and race. And then I tell people that I never started playing football until I was in high school, and here's why. When I went out to go for the Pop Warner team, the Centerville Simbas, back in Camden, New Jersey, I made the team. I was so excited. But at the end, they said, Donovan, it cost $35 for register to play the year. And we didn't have $35. Wow. And so you can imagine a heartbreak of a kid. He's won the play. He's trying to do all this. And he made it. But because of finances, he couldn't afford it. And that's why I am, you wow. know, throughout life, Ed, I'm sure we all had these moments. But that's why through that moment, 
I made sure that when I started, you know, having camps and stuff for kids, I said I would never, ever turn away a kid or a parent because of finances. Wow. And so I didn't play football when I was a Pop Warner, but I would. I did play football. You would have thought I was a football player before school, on the playgrounds, at the parks. And matter of fact, I had my best game ever. And you're going to laugh at this, man. It was in the cemetery. They had a grass patch in the cemetery, and, and God rest their souls, man. It was somebody underneath that was praying, or somebody over somebody. There, there was a football player in the grave somewhere. But I had my best game in the cemetery, man. But that was my history, man. I ran track, and I played football. You know, you know, at the playground. But wow. it wasn't until ninth grade that I got a chance to play for real. Wow, that's amazing. Your mother, obviously, you and I were talking before, man. All your siblings turned out pretty special, too. Your mother's an amazing woman. I, I get the feeling, though, your father was not around all the time. You can talk about that. But also, mm-hmm. all, of, all of us have special kind of people in our lives. And I know Eugene, for you, I think your brother, this was someone who was special for you particularly, too. So just a little bit, was dad around or was someone else in your life instrumental at the same time? Oh, most definitely. And so growing up, and I talk a lot about my mom, and we had talked before, and, um, and just for all the, all the listeners, understand this. A man is made by his mom. Yeah. Okay, so if you want to look at how, you know, if you want to look at the guy and how well he's doing, and if he's doing well and successful, you can always attribute that back mm-hmm. to the type of mom that he had. Now, the fathers, they get the identity. You know, I have three girls. And so, you know, my girls are kind of just like me. They're driven. I have one in Alabama, you know, I'm running track. Another one is full uh, scholarship on track. Another one, school, uh, full scholarship in volleyball. Another one, full scholarship, you know, will be a school, full scholarship in basketball. And they're just driven, 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 driven. And so I can attribute a lot of the things that I say, I saw and I experienced. Not that my mom was athletic, but, but her character yeah. and her discipline. And so I had my dad in my life. Okay, he had went to Vietnam, and he did a great job, and, and I, I appreciate his service. And he was around, but he came back, and he had some substance issues. Gotcha. And like I said, I love him every moment of the life sure. of my life. But I do know when I look back, who made the biggest impact? Hmm. Who, who am I a direct result of? And I would definitely say my mom. No kidding. That's awesome, brother. Yeah, she's got to be so proud of you. So we fast forward. You end up getting a scholarship to Syracuse. Did you? I'm just curious. Did you play with Donovan McNabb at Syracuse at the same time? I did. Yeah. I, yep, I okay. did. I did okay. play with Donovan McNabb, and, okay. and that's an interesting story, man. You know, most people, you know, we're we're all a product of our journey, and I think it is our journeys, it is our experiences, it is those things, those moments of our life that we really take personal inventory. We'll see, you know, how they impact us, why we do what we do. So I remember going to Syracuse. Most people may get in the car, hey, the family, you know, bunker everybody up. Let's go to Syracuse. Let's go to college. Take, you know, son and nephew or daughter to college. Well, my college journey, I was at a Greyhound bus station. Wow. And wow. sitting on there with one suitcase, I had one new outfit that we purchased in the suitcase to go off to college. I'm, I can still remember it like it was yesterday. My mom outside the window just bawling. Because to her, it was a mix, it was a uh, bittersweet. Mm. On one hand, her son that she's proud of is going off to start a new journey. On the other hand, she has no idea. I'm the first one, I'm the middle child of five. Mm. She had no idea what's about to happen. And so, wow. you know, it was, again, it was these moments, man, that, that just really just trigger. And I say that for people that's listening. Mm. You know, there are some individuals that may go on through life, you may be starting a new job, a new business, a new relationship, whatever it is. 
you know, you're, you're one decision away. And sometimes you don't really know what's going to happen next, but it takes courage. You know, courage is not what you have, you know, in the absence of fear or uncertainty, but courage is a step that you take in the presence of it. Hmm. And that's what I had to have. Hmm. And that's what was instilled in me. And I believe that that's one of the characteristics and attributes that helped me throughout my life. Wow, that is wonderfully said. That's like one of these moments you, you stop this and you go replay those last two minutes because that's powerful right there. So this is, I want people to hear this because he this man leaves his mother leaves high school on a Greyhound bus. Not like your normal kid who's going to school with fanfare and the flowers and the balloons and rolls up in a car with the family. This guy gets on a Greyhound bus to go to Syracuse, right? And so some of us in our lives right now, we feel like we're on the Greyhound bus in our lives, right? A lot of us listen to this do. Now, listen to this, everybody. This man goes away to Syracuse. His mother waves at him. Obviously, she saw him throughout college, but she sends him away on a Greyhound bus, but he comes back and it's draft time. So take me through this day, because this is a life-changing day. And everyone, there's a metaphor here. Not all of us are going to get drafted to the NFL. But there is a yeah. day, there is going to be a day, for those of you that have that courage Donovan's talking about, where you are going to get drafted into your dream. You're going to step in. You're going to go, my God, I'm getting my call now. This is my time, right? So tell me about this first-round pick, everybody. But you don't know you're a first-round pick necessarily, right? That day, the, I know because I was drafted. I wasn't a first-round pick. And I know no matter what the scouts tell you, unless you're those first three, four, five, eight guys, you're not 100% sure you're going that first day. So what's that day like? Because this is the day you step, mm -hmm. in, you step into your dream. You go away on a Greyhound bus. You come back. I assume you're with your family that day. And now you're about to step yep. into your dream. What's that day like? Tell everybody what that's that, that's a that's that's a great that's a great question, Ed. And actually, if I could, I want to take another step back because I believe in life, life will call you, and life will test you. And I remember receiving two calls in my life. One of them was the draft time, and I'll share. But I want to back up just a few year, couple years earlier when Do I received the call when I was in college. So I'm off at Syracuse. I'm a junior. Yeah, I'm a junior at college, and we had spring ball. It was around. We had spring ball. We just completed it. And I get home to my dorm room. It was, a matter of fact, it was April the 18th. I'll never forget the day. And I seen a voice message light on that there was, you know, there was a message. I picked up the phone and it was my mom. And I, my mom used to leave me messages and people used to leave messages all the time. But it was something about her voice this time, Ed, that was different than other times. She said, Donovan, I need you to call me right now. And for me, I mean, I heard her say that at different times, but it was never that way. Because you can imagine what's going on inside of me. Like, what is it? You know, what happened? Mm -hmm. So when I called my mom, she said, Donovan, I got some bad news. She said, your brothers, Antoine and Chris, who were both in high school at the time, said they were at high school. They were in a gymnasium at the track practice. And somebody walked up in the gym with a gun. Mm -hmm. And they said, hey, if y'all don't do A, B, or C, then we're going to kill y'all. Mm -hmm. And so I'm hearing my mom tell me this <clears throat> on the other line. And I'm feeling like, what in the world is going on? You know, what happened? What can I do? And when we talk about life going to call you, these moments going to call you, what you were purposed for, what you're made here for. A lot of times people have a lot of weight on them, but guess what? God will never put more on you than you can bear. And so before I can even think about it, the words out of my mouth said, Mom, put them on the bus and send them to me. Whoa. And so that was on a Tuesday. My mom, after we held the phone, she, put, she got it. We got a ticket for her and put my two brothers on the bus, another Greyhound bus, wow, and wow. sent them up to live with me at Syracuse. So you can imagine, instantaneous, in a matter of one day, 
I was not only a full-time student, a full-time athlete. I became their, I was their brother. I got legal custody of them. I was their, their, their father figure. Oh my gosh. Okay. And I was their friend all this while I'm in college. Wow. And so that call to me was that call of leadership. It was letting me know that, listen, you, it was for this purpose, Donovan, that you are here. It is because of the drive, the, you know, the desire to want to impact and motivate and inspire and help other people that now you're going to receive the call versus somebody else. And so fast forward, people always say, Donovan, what was, what was the most exciting time for you? Was it getting drafted? Was it having your first baby at the time? Was it being married? No. My biggest moment was being able to see my brothers graduate. Oh, wow. Because had wow. I not answered the call, had, had individuals here on this phone or watching this, had they not answered the call, God only knows what could have happened to them. Wow. And so I'm so grateful that life will call you and life will test you. And so fast forward. That's, That's an amazing story. I just want to acknowledge that. That's unbelievable right there, just so you know. But can, before he tells you this, can you all feel this man's spirit? You know what I'm talking about, right? You can hear it and feel it. There's a different energy with people that are special, that are leaders, that have answered the call. You can feel it when this man's speaking to you. It's just different. This, this man's an influencer. You can hear that. I'm going to tell you in a minute, by the way, how you can get access to him. But you've got to hear the draft story. So give us that, Donovan. Man, so April 18th. I'm in Delray, New Jersey. Everybody is on draft day. College or NFL teams say, Donovan, you can go first round, second round, and not drafted at all. So you can imagine. My mom in Delray, New Jersey, lived on a second floor apartment building. That day, it was so stressful because you have no idea. Think about it. Somebody calls your phone again, and you can either be on the West Coast in California, uh, Northwest, uh, Northwest in Washington, in Seattle. You can be in Florida. You can be wherever. And so I can admit I was stressed out because I felt the weight. I felt the weight of that moment. So I'm sitting in a white Cherokee and I'm listening to music, just trying to get away, block everything out. And I was listening to this song. It was by a singer called Yolanda Adams. And the name of the song was, The Battle Is Not Yours, It's The Lord's. And so to me, what that meant is, Donovan, you did everything you could to get up to this point. Now you just walk in faith and trust the process that your steps are ordered. And what is going to happen, you're going to be prepared to do it. And so it's amazing. Like, as I was listening to that song, my eyes was closed. My brother, who I had in college with me, knocked on the window. And he knocked on the window and said, Donovan, Donovan, Jacksonville's on the phone. I said, what? He said, Jacksonville's on the phone. Man, I got out that car. Now, if it was, if you could, if that was a 40-yard dash and you could time it, I got from my car <laughs> up to the second store, top step. In a matter of 3.5 seconds, I would have broke all records. That's how fast I got up there. But what was so, what was so amazing at that moment is that the whole, the whole room, about 500 square foot in this apartment, had about 100 people. To this day, I have no idea how many people in there. But all these people that was in there, as I was coming up the steps, they all parted like the Red Sea. And what I saw when I got to the top of that step was my mom at the other end of, the, of that part of crowd with the phone holding up in her hand. And, man, I still get emotional to the day when I think about it because with every step I took to get to her, I kept thinking about every moment that she sacrificed, every tear that she wept, every time that she wanted to do, every game that she came to, and every moment and opportunity that, that this represents. And so I got the phone. And it was Coach Carlson on the line. He said, Donovan, we're about to draft you. 
man, I was so excited, man. <laughs> Everybody in the house was up and down. And then, so what happens at that moment is then the Paul Tagliabue, the commissioner, gets the card, walks across the stage, and on ESPN in front of millions of people, he said with the 25th pick of the 1998 draft, the Jacksonville Jaguars select Donovan Darius out of Syracuse. Man, everybody in the house went crazy, man. Everybody jumping up and down, man. My brothers and them, they thought they were prophetic. Come on, I knew he was going to get drafted. Like, they didn't know nothing, man. But in that moment, and in that moment, I heard something in the back of my mind. It said leadership. It said purpose. It said everything that I've been through led me up to this moment. And that I am here to have a purpose to lead not only my family that's in this room, but my wife at the time, my children, and the team where I go. I still live in Jacksonville to this day. I was here to impact this city. I was here to impact the schools, the teams, the organizations, the people. Because leadership, leadership has a call to it. It will call you and it will test you. And so, man, that was an amazing Amazing moment for me, man. That's and after amazing. that moment, I never look back, man. Because again, those calls, man, those calls that come, they come at the right time. They come, they come, they come, because I truly believe deep inside, you are prepared, or you're being prepared, to walk onto that stage and that platform. Wow, I'm picturing your mother at the, with the Greyhound bus, and then your mother with the phone when you walk in. That's just like, honestly, man, that's just like that's an emotional. It's amazing, and you. I just, wow, I just, I'm picturing it. You, I see you answering this call, right? Now, just so everybody knows, he gets called for his dream. And these aren't words this man's saying. And in a minute, I'm going to tell you what he's done on and off the field, too. So this isn't just, you know, this isn't rah-rah. This, is, this man lives this, right? And so he gets that call. A lot of guys get drafted. A lot of first-round picks. Very few guys play for 10 years. Very few people. Mm-hmm. This man was franchise-tagged three times. And those of you that don't know what that means... It basically means this was the guy that that team was had the right to protect that they could not lose three years in a row. I don't even know if there were any defensive players at that time that had been franchise tagged three times. Were you the first one to do it that many times? Yes, yes, I was. I was the first one. So I tell, I could tell my kids now. And if anybody have kids and you ever did something in life, you would never know you did anything in life because the kids really don't care. You know, you're like, listen, I can tell you how to do this. Ah, uh, whatever, Dad. But let somebody else tell you, right? I'm yeah. sure I'm not the only one that deals with that, right, Ed? Yeah, no so, question, Yes, bro. I was the only player at the time, that only defensive player that, uh, even up to this day, that has ever been franchised. Matter of fact, after they did it the third year, they changed the rule books in terms of that you can't do it the same way because they abuse it. But at the end of the day, I was honored. I was honored because they said, and as I share with people and I share with organizations, are you irreplaceable? Mm-hmm. I tell people about this, about the law of compensation, which I think is so impactful and so powerful for anybody that ever desires to make a lot of money to earn, to earn a tremendous amount of you know, wealth and to make a tremendous impact. The law of compensation says this. It says you will earn in life in direct ratio to three things. You earn in direct ratio to number one, the need that there is for what you do. So whatever line of business you're in, if there's a need for it, then you're going to earn exact ratio to that. You're also going to earn in direct ratio to your ability to do it. So if you're just averaging your skill level, if you're just averaging your ability to close or your ability to communicate or your ability to be consistent, then you're going to earn average money. And it also, if they can get somebody else to do it, you're going to wind up not never going up either. And then the third thing, the third law of the conversation says you are earning direct ratio to the difficulty that there is in replacing you. Mm-hmm. 
And so all I, when I talk to people, I say, listen, are you irreplaceable? Can they just get anybody in your field to do what you do? Because if they can, then they can either, you know, if they can, then you're going to be replaced and the other person is going to continue to increase. But it is because you become irreplaceable. Okay, so how do you do because that? You let's can talk. Control. Let's talk about that. No, yeah. been, I'll, how, I'm do you, how do you do that? How do you? Do it? So you end up. So just so everybody knows the team every year. Those those three years mm-hmm. said this is the man. This is the player. Talk about this. The highest level in professional sports. Everybody, right? And Donovan, you know this. A lot of guys can run a four four. A lot of guys are six one two twenty or whatever. Right? There's a lot of guys who could play. And you get to that level to stay is one thing, but to stay and then have a team say, this is the dude we cannot lose. We are protecting yeah. this one football player. What did you do? What are some of the things you did to be irreplaceable other than being fast and hit? Because everyone yep. at that level does. What separated you? What did you do that someone in business or a young person in school right now right, that's listening to this at any level and anything, what are a couple things you did to separate you from sure. these other guys? Sure, that, that's a great that's a great question. That's a great question. And I would say these are some of the components that I still to this day value. Number one, you gotta have grit. You have to have grit. And to me, grit means a great resolve and internal toughness. That means no matter what comes at you, you have a great resolve. You may bend but you don't break. You may take a step back, but you keep moving forward. And you have that internal toughness that says, you know what, there's greater in me than whatever it is that I want to face. And so I actually have control of that. I have control over the effort I give. I have control over what I watch or what I don't watch, what I listen to and what I don't listen to. And so I also, so understanding grit, the other thing is how did I look at adversity? You see, I believe most people look at adversity as a big stumbling block. But if you look at adversity as your stepping stone, understanding this, that adversity comes here to do three things to you. Number one, it comes to teach you. It comes to show you at the end of the day that you have to do and, and or learn some different things. So it comes to teach you. You ever go to school and you, you're in class? What happens if you don't, if you don't pass the test? You got to take it over. And so when people look at their life and like, man, the same thing keeps happening over and over and over. My question to you is have you learned the lesson that life is trying to teach you? If not, adversity con- continues to come to teach you. Adversity also comes to train you. You see, when we had to go out, whether it's new, sk- whether it's new skills or whatever it is, backpelling, tackling, whatever the skill is, we couldn't just learn it one time. The coach couldn't just tell us one time and then we had it. We, matter of fact, couldn't just try it out. There is no trying it out. You have to be trained by it. That means you have to put in repetition over and over and over. You got to do the dirty work. Here's the thing. In the NFL, okay, there's about average of 65 plays per game. But we all know out of 65 average plays a game, there's only the difference between winning and losing comes down to three plays. Mm. So that means for 62 other plays, you're doing the mundane, same thing, same thing, over and over and over. And for most people, when they get tired of the training and they get tired of doing the mundane thing over and over and over and over, they're not prepared and ready for those three plays. Mm. And so understanding that it's going to be 65 plays, three of them, I have to be ready. So that means I train all year during the off season for those three plays. Are you willing to train? Are you willing to train for the right opportunity? You have to ask yourself that nobody can tell you that 
Nobody can give you that. Nobody's in control. It's only one. It's only one space of the universe that you're in control over, and that's your mind. That's the things you think about. That's how you post life. And so adversity is here to teach you. It's here to train you. And adversity is here to test you. That is absolutely awesome. Has, mm, keep going. It's testing good. has everything to do. Testing has everything to do with testing to see how bad do you really want it. How bad do you really want it? You see, in, in, in the NFL and football, see, there's two seasons. But there's actually three seasons. There's the preseason, the regular season, and the postseason. The preseason, when people report the preseason, we put the pads on, it's new, you're getting acclimated to the heat, you start hitting and contact, and, and your body just gets sore. Your neck hurt, your back hurt, your feet hurt, your hands hurt. But you see, the purpose of the preseason is to only to get you ready for the season. You see, as a teammate, I could never trust anybody who hadn't made it through the preseason. You know why? Because they weren't tested enough. And in life, if you have never got to the point where you're ready to give up, you're ready to quit, you're ready to turn back, and you decide not to, then you haven't been tested by life yet. But the ones who will succeed, the ones who make the most impact, the ones who are their influencers, the ones who will be, you know what I mean, who will create massive success are the ones who have been tested and they overcame. And now they're here to talk about it. So after you have the preseason, you got the season now. So now they have about 90 guys but in the preseason. And by the end of the, by the, end of the preseason, come September 1, they cut it down to 53. So that means, that means you basically have 37 guys that was there that didn't make the cut. Then you get to the, pre, to the regular season, and here it is, 16 games. You're being tested 16 weeks to see, okay, who's going to put themselves in, into the best position? And then at the end of the, at the, end of the pre, regular season, you got the postseason. Here's where you hand out the rewards. And I watch a lot of stuff, man, really admire what you guys are doing at the World Financial Group. Mm. You know, I mean, getting to that postseason, like getting on that stage. Yeah. You put a microphone in everybody's mouth, okay, in front of everybody, and you ask them, how did you get here? Did you have to overcome adversity? Were you tested? Yes. Were you being trained, meaning doing the things that take over and over? Yes. Mm. And were you tested? Did you feel like you wanted to give up? Were you ever discouraged? But yet you had pulled everything within you to take one more step? Yes. And that's the same way it is in the National Football League when you make it to the postseason as well. And so it was grit that really helped me, man, mm-hmm. that I hold on to, and is understanding understanding adversity, man. So that was again, my Donovan. That, more, that, that, two things. That's honestly one of the best. Honestly, that's one of the best five minutes I've ever had on this show. I mean, I just, brother, that is so freaking. I'm ready to run through a wall right now, right? But I, listen, everybody, <laughs> that that what he just told you about that that 65. And that it was really for three plays. You got to remember that when whatever your business you're in, you're making phone calls, you're recruiting people. Those sixty-two mundane ones, you're get, you're get, you're refining your skill. You got to be perfect for those three. They're going to change your life. Those three big-time clients, those three big-time recruits, those three big-time whatever they are, you're practicing for them. And then if you haven't been tested, I love this. If you haven't been tested to the point where you were ready to quit and had to face it, you haven't been tested yet. That is, I mean, everybody, just so you know, because I know you're listening to this, going, this is amazing. This is I'm getting into the mindset of an elite athlete, an elite businessman, an elite father. This is what he thinks about. You probably want more of it. And I want you to have more of it. And so I want you to I want to direct you to a couple things and then in a minute we'll talk about his TV show, but Donovan's got a book called Next Level Motivation. And you can get that book on Amazon. I think you know by right now, I don't need to give you a commercial. You need to get that damn book, okay? Next Level Motivation. <laughs> That's where tips, tips like these reside. And also, 
Donovan is a speaker. He's a trainer. He's a motivator. He does it for companies. He does it for teams. This is a man you ought to bring in to speak to your organization. I mean, you can feel it right now. You know this is a guy. No one will be the same after they hear him, okay? And if you're wondering whether he's qualified, not only has this man spent the 10 years on the gridiron in the NFL, but let me also tell you something. This man is a certified transitions life coach for the NFL, just so you know what that means. They introduce Donovan to new players, retired players, and he helps them transition into the league, and he helps them transition into their life afterwards. That means one of the most successful organizations in the world trusts this man to be a life strategist on their behalf. That's a big deal. He speaks at the Rookie Symposium. And so I think if he's good enough for the NFL with these elite performers, he'll be good enough for your company or your organization as well. This is a qualified person to help you. And you can feel it when you're getting these insights from him. I know you can sense that as you're talking to him. Donovan, give me one example. I'm just curious. Take people into a huddle or into a game just real quick. I don't care if it's a preseason, postseason, regular season. Was there a moment? Did you ever have – you don't have to name the guy. Was there ever a moment when you went, whoa, you know – I'm going to have to step up because this guy can't. Or is, is a football team like anything else? There are guys on that team who you know you can depend on, guys you aren't. Was there ever a time in a game where you went, I'm going to have to step up my game, or you had to check yourself? Were there gut checks even during games for you? Can you think of any situation well, like that? Almost, oh, Ed, most, most definitely. And so people are, we football was a business for us. For most people, sports and entertainment. You know, hey, we want you guys to win. It's, it's my weekend. You know, make me feel better from the week I had. Well, for me and for us, that was our business. And so we always understood that NFL is meant for not so long. And so you had to make sure that understanding that every year they're trying to replace you with somebody quicker, faster, stronger, smarter, and definitely cheaper. And so you had to be on your P's and Q's at all times. And that doesn't, and we all know as we live life, and if you haven't learned as well uh, up to this point, life will continue to come at you. Murphy's Law said if something bad can happen, it will happen. And so you're understanding that you're out there on the field and preparing to play against, you know, an elite, elite. Remember this, less than 1% of all the population makes it to the NFL. To date, to date, there's only been 30,000, 30,000 NFL players ever in the history, in the history. And so when you're out there, you understand that you are part of the elite of the elite. But just like everybody else, we all have situations. We all go through ups and downs. I'll give you a story, man. I'll give you, give you a memory. I used to have, I remember it was, it was my rookie year, and we were playing against Pittsburgh Steelers. Mm-hmm. And we were up there. It's my rookie year. And, and the, the team the year before, the Jackson Jaguars before they drafted me, they used to have a lot of big running backs in that league. And so those running backs, Eddie George, Jerome Bettis, mm-hmm. Corey Gillen, I mean, you're talking about guys 6'3", 260, mm-hmm. or 250 pounds. Jerome Bettis, 6'2", 255 pounds. I mean, we had some big guys. So they drafted me because they said Donovan was a physical safety, a fast safety, but a physical one out of Syracuse. And so I remember we played against at Three River Stadium and November 22nd, we're up there the whole first half. They had this running back at Pittsburgh, and I'm sure everybody know he had a nickname. Hmm. His nickname was the bus. Because you know what a bus does? It carried people around. It carried kids <laughs> to school. It carried them home from school. So in other words, in the NFL, it was carrying guys around, tacklers like myself around. But we get up there this first you know, this game, and, man, they had these terrible towels. You can just see them, yellow towels just waving. It was like the whole crowd was yellow. The whole first half, Ed, uh, Jerome Bettis, the bus, 
is running through everything. It seemed like you had five guys around him, but he found a way to get free. He was doing Heisman poses. He was celebrating with the crowd. And so we got to the locker room, and we were down. And I had one of those moments. I sat on my chair, and I looked around and listened. And I wanted, and, and in the back of my mind, I said, you know what? Something got to change. Something has to change. And as I was watching and listening to guys, I kept, this is what I heard and saw. I saw guys talking to each other, complaining. Oh, man, coach didn't call this play. Oh, man, this person missed this block. Oh, man, I should be this. I should be that. Complaining. And so as I'm sitting there and I'm just watching, taking personal inventory of what is it like on the lead? You see, there may be somebody who may be new in their business. They may be new in their company, new in their organization. And they're looking at other people. And because they're older, doesn't mean that they're more experienced or they're better. Right. And so here I am sitting on my chair and I'm watching. And I hear that in the back of my head. That you know what? If you want something to change, Donovan, it starts with you. Mm. And so when that happened, I was like, wait a minute. But I'm just a rookie. I'm just 6'1", 220 pounds. These guys are huge. Mm. This is a big test. This is a big adversity. He even got a nickname. He's carrying people around. <laughs> and so at that moment, I made up my mind. I said, this thing starts with me. I had to take personal, personal responsibility. I had to take ownership. I had to walk this thing out in integrity. I had to be in integrity, have integrity with myself. I had to persevere and give everything I had and maximize the potential. So what I did, I grabbed my helmet, and I walked to the bathroom, and I put my, my helmet right on the counter. And I looked myself in the mirror. And I said, Donovan, this thing starts with you today. You will not come back in this locker room the same way you came in at the first time. We went out to the second half, man, and I tell you, it was the first play. Matter of fact, if you let Donovan, you can go. This video, this play I'm talking about is on YouTube right now. If you look at, mm -hmm. if you go look up Donovan Darren's football highlights, I think it's like two or something like that, you'll see it. Okay. The first play of the game, of the second half, I'm in my stands. And Jerome Bettis is sitting in his stands behind Cordell Stewart. First play right out of halftime. First time out of halftime. First play First out. First play. Okay. Matter of fact, it was 14 minutes and 56 seconds. Because <laughs> they got a touchback. I'm telling okay. you. Okay. And so I'm in my stands. And Cordell Stewart went to snap the ball. He gave his cadence. Green 80. Green 80. Said, Hut. He hiked the ball and hands to Jerome Bettis. And Jerome Bettis was standing back seven yards deep. And this cat was growling. I was like, man, is this still growling? He was growling. He was in peace <laughs> mode. But he didn't realize that I was on the other side, and I had made up my mind that this thing starts with me today, and I'm going to be the game changer. I'm going to turn this thing around. And so as he handed him the ball, after I read my reads and I saw there was a run, I came down full tilt, and I worked my technique to perfection, and I hit this joker so hard, boom, <laughs> right in the hole. It's probably one of the first guys to ever send him backwards. Mm. right in the hole all bit of 220 pounds of me and all bit of 260 pounds of him Ugh. he went back i got it from that i got it from the ground mm. and i stood up over top of him, man and i just plumbed my arms like a gladiator <laughs> and i was excited because at the end of the day you can imagine that was the biggest challenge that i had yeah that was a moment yeah. that was a mountain yeah. sometimes we may have situations that seem like it's mountains to you you may looking at the, be looking at the bills. You may be looking at, you know what I mean, your health. You may be looking at the opportunity. You may be seeing people get ahead of you. But just like you make up in your mind, this thing starts and stops with me today. Yeah. So every moment we played after that, man, we always, 
you know, we had mutual respect for one another. Yeah. We always would come up to each other before the game and say, let's have a good game. Dude, Why? that is such was a it, great because, story. Was it, was it because doubt wasn't there? No. Was it because fear wasn't there? No. Was it because I wasn't nervous? No. It's because I made a decision. Mm. I made a decision. I made my mind up. I got to go. This thing starts with me. And I'm made for this. This is my moment. We got to do this. And it's going to happen now. And that's what it was, man. Ah, say, man. So good. <laughs> Everybody, you know, you if you listen to this on the road, you just drove off the damn road. You know that, right? That is so good. <laughs> you, listen, I'm not, listen. Who would not want this man in their damn business speaking to them, right? Reading his stuff, okay? I'm telling you, this is a, you can hear it. This is special stuff. Because not only, it's rare to be that way, but it's also rare to be able to talk about it the way you do, Donovan. Those are multiple layered gifts that you've worked hard to refine. And everybody out there, there's a bus of life that you're going to eventually have to smack down, right? All of us have that bus coming at us in our life. And he just gave you the dadgum formula. That was so good. Ugh. All right, we only got a few minutes here. By the way, let me stop right now and tell you thank you. Because I do a lot of these. You can hear it in my voice. Only a few of these move me, right? I'm moved. I'm intense right now. You got me ready to roll. I'm, I appreciate I'm, it, man. You're just such a brother. You're so gifted, right? And and he's such. When y'all meet him, when you bring him out to speak to your stuff, you're just gonna feel his spirit. You're gonna you're gonna feel like there's this this humble, good man who's there to serve you. He wants to make a difference. This guy, just so you know, he's got his Donovan Darius Foundation. He works with youth. He donates a ton of his time and money to young people. This is a guy. He's won a sports Emmy. He didn't even tell you about that for his next level training and performance stuff he does with athletes. This is a very accomplished man. And here's another way you can get access to him. And so, Donovan, tell him a little bit about this. Donovan has just started a new TV show, and it's on the Cardone Network, the Grant Cardone TV Network. It's called The Road to Sunday Glory Show. What? How do mm -hmm. they get it, Donovan? What's it going to be about? What are you going to do with it? Man, I, listen, I am so excited about this, man, because – uh, it's called Return to Sunday Glory, man. Everybody that I talk to, and I, and I take six interviews today with guys that have played 20 years, 15 years, 10 years. I even interview Super Bowl coaches. And the whole premise is my show, Return to Sunday Glory, which you can find on the Grand Cardone Network, is it's an interview series where I get a chance to interview the most successful athletes in the world. And they reveal their stories, their victory, and their challenges that have defined them pre, during, and post their career. Because at the end of the day, it's all about finding, have they found that, re that return to that Sunday glory? Have they found what it was? And I share, pe I share with people with this. Think about this as a player, as a professional athlete, into the mind of a professional athlete. On that field, in between those lines, was one of the, most on were the only places that you felt totally present. By that, I mean this. In between those lines, physically, you were totally present. I mean, every bit of bone, muscle, ligament was needed and required there. In between those lines, you were emotionally there. That means every bit of emotion was necessary. The anger, the frustration, the hate, the love. I mean, you name it, the joy, the excitement, everything was appropriate there. In between those lines, mentally, you were totally present. You were strategizing. You were disciplined. You were doing all these things. And in between those lines, spiritually, you were there. You felt like you were part of a team, part of a family. But when you get outside those lines, there isn't, there isn't anything or anywhere that requires that, amount, that total amount of presence. Like, you can't be totally physical in the mall. You can't be totally emotional with your wife or husband. Mm -hmm. But it's in between those lines. And so a lot of guys feel like a void. They feel like a void. 
And so during the show, on the show, Return to Sunday Glory, we get a chance to talk about their journey. Their journey from you know, early on, even through college, through, through the league, what was their time like, their moments, and what is that Return to Sunday Glory like now? They also get a chance to share some of their mindset. They share some of their behavior, their, their habits, some of the things that help them, the mentor. And so, again, if you're interested in being successful, you're interested in learning from other people, which, again, I think at the end of the day, if you stop learning, okay, you're going to start losing. So you need to keep learning, keep learning, keep learning, keep learning, because you want to be a lifelong learner. And so they can see that on Return to Sunday Glory on the Grant Cardone Network. It's a weekly series we do, and I'm really, really excited about it. Yeah, I am too. The, the uh, Guys, my full stamp of approval on this man and the things that he's teaching and um, I want you to get more access to him. Donovan also, and by the way, Donovan, everybody, is D-O-N-O-V-I-N, Darius, D-A-R-I-U-S. Should they probably go follow you first on Instagram? Would that be the first place you'd want to start to have people find you on a daily basis? Or where would you like oh, them to go to definitely. find you? Yeah, I would definitely say you could follow me on Instagram. Um, Donovan Darius on there, Donovan Darius and Powers. You can follow me on Twitter, you know, on there. But, uh, you know, Facebook, Donovan Darius Public public page if anybody requesting and they want me to come out and speak and we already started booking a lot for 2018 and stuff but again uh they can go to the website it's under construction right now but you can access anything and everything you want the most important thing is to get connected with me i would love i would love to partner with you donovandarius.com i did want to share something with you with your audience here are some of the things we said what what donovan what do you talk about what are some of the main things well besides sharing what i share with you guys now I do speeches and I do workshops. I do workshops three to four hours on leadership, you know, teaching individuals about responsibility, integrity, inspired action, ownership. You know, I do a mindset development, one where, again, people want to develop that mindset to overcome, as you said, to run through a wall, but also at the end of the day to accomplish those things that they want. And then I do a goal setting, vision setting. And then when I do speeches, keynotes, whatever it may be, you know, I have something that I created. Uh, it's called the Corporate Game Plan. Seven steps, you know, for processes for success. And then one of the things I love, too, is I talk about leadership, all for leadership, making an impact in the 21st century. And then the other one I talk about is it's called, it's called the fourth quarter, keys for overcoming and growing through adversity. And so, again, man, I'm, I'm here to serve. I've made up my mind, as you have to, Ed, to live a life. You Because we were born rich, but we're here to die empty, man, and pour all this stuff out. You poured out today, Donovan. I'm telling you right now, this was so good. And it's just a taste, everybody. Donovan, um, I want you to know I'm real grateful for you. And uh, I want to thank, thank you, sir. No, this has been my pleasure. Uh, I, I thank you for doing this today. And I know the people listening to this uh, feel a debt of gratitude for you as well. Man, I, I, you changed my state. You changed my energy level. I've written here a page and a half of notes on the different things that you talked about. And that's how you know you've invested a great hour. So, everybody, this man's an example of maxing out every area and every season of your life. So, Donovan, thank you so much for being here. And you and I will be connecting here real shortly. I know we're going to do a ton of stuff together. Thanks, brother. Yes, we will, man. I look forward to it, man. God bless. Okay. Thank you. God bless you. Want to be the best? Get coached by the best. Champions Forum at edmilet.com.